Hello everybody and welcome and thank you for joining us. You're listening to I Want to Know, uh, the show where we ask your burning answer, not ask, we answer your burning questions around <laughs> the Bible and Christian living. Uh, I'm joined today with my co-hosts Marvu and Mamiala. Mamiala, you know a little bit. Marvu is joining us today. Won't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, all right. Hi, I am Marvu. I am 19 years of age. Um, I'm currently a first year student studying at the University of Pretoria. And today we have invited Pastor Louis and Pastor Natasha to join us as we will be talking about marriage. Oh. Do we good know to be, good to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> We've only been married 29, 29 years. years. <laughs> so, you know, we don't know a lot yet. Uh, we're still figuring it out. <laughs> Wow, it's so good to have you guys here and have you guys listening. Um, so without any further ado, let's jump straight into it. We spoke about Jolo dating, we spoke about being single. Now it's marriage. Um, and I want to ask the first question because we don't know, you know, Pastor, for some people marriage is that ticket. It's that ticket to legally have <laughs> sex. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> They've been waiting for it, and it's, yes, it's marriage, it's guilt-free. For other people, it's, hey, man, this lady has been nagging me. Let me just get it over and done with. <laughs> for other people, the whole family, at every family function. So, when are you getting married? You know, that's the only thing I want to know. But I think it's very important to frame what is marriage before we actually get into the discussion, because many people have different ideas about marriage. So, what is marriage? Well, I think for me, the first thing I want to say is that marriage is instituted by God. It's what God's idea, not ours. So therefore, it's important for me to always think, what did God have in mind? Why did he take the trouble? You know, right there in Genesis 1 and 2, where so much is happening. The whole heavens and the earth is being created. I mean, it's big stuff. And he takes the time to, to institute marriage. Man and a woman coming together in a covenant relationship. What was his idea with it? Um, because that elevates it to a place for me where it's not just about my needs. You know, my need for sexual expression, mm -hmm. it cannot be about that. It cannot be about procreation. It cannot just be about, you know, even... Loneliness. Yeah, loneliness, companionship. It's about more than that. Those things are all elements of it that are in there that are important. Mm -hmm. But if we make it about that, I think we devalue marriage. Mm -hmm. So marriage to me is always this expression of who God is and th this relational desire that he had and that he wanted us to experience. And he created this unique space for us to actually have intimacy with one other person that, that, that brings you to a deeper place of relationship than you will ever have with anybody else. And a much deeper friendship. You know, yeah. that, you know I know in the beginning of marriage, it's, uh, you know, the sexual part is so extremely important for everybody, but... You, you, you must not ever forget the incredible, incredible friendship that is part of that. And I think that for me is amazing. It's covenantal friendship. It's not just friendship. It's covenantal friendship. Please explain that because there are some high schools that are like, what on earth is that? That's a big word. But it's such an important word. What is covenantal friendship? Because we live, we live in a society where I block you, I delete you. What's yeah. the end of the friendship? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're yeah. not... But there's something beautiful about covenantal friendship. Yeah, well, what I think what, what makes a marriage relationship unique other than any other relationship is that it has to be completely exclusive. Ooh. You know, other relationships I can share with people, mm. more people than persons than one. The biblical idea is that 
there's an exclusive relationship between two people, that there's elements there that nobody else can come into. And that's what creates the safety. That it's the two of us, and if this is going to work, it's going to depend on us. Nobody else can make our relationship work. It doesn't belong to anybody else. And that's why the Bible said, for this reason, a, mother, a, a, a man will leave his father and mother and become one with his wife. There's a, it, it sort of isolates that relationship. So to me, it's about understanding it's exclusive. Intimacy, by definition, is exclusive. Yeah. You Otherwise, know? you'll just have a physical experience, and, but you won't reach intimacy. Yeah, you know? wow. just because you're physically naked with somebody else doesn't mean you're experiencing intimacy with that person. Mm -hmm. Because intimacy is a protected space where... A vulnerable And our intimacy has grown over these 29 years because we have come closer. We, we trust each other more th because we've gone through good and bad times. But it's the exclusivity of it and the, the timelessness of it mm -hmm. that defines a marriage. A marriage is defined by as de till death do us part. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a sense of it that... We're not giving this a good go, and then if it works, if it, it works. works. If it, but that gives me the protection that that we are equally invested in this because we're in this. Yeah. You know, this is, but you know, by God's, by hope and by our faith, this is our only marriage that we'll ever have, mm -hmm. yeah. and that means we are equals in this because we are equally invested, and that creates that space of safety, and that's where the covenantal element becomes very important. So, like you say. It's not an option for us to go, well, this is not working. We're out of it. You know, when you go through a dip in a marriage where you're like, I wonder if I like this yeah. guy. <laughs> I love him, but I don't like him I so much. Him. You know, but I think it's good to say all marriages go through. All oh, yeah, marriages exactly. go through this all the time, you know, but then you don't up and out. You know, you, that's what covenant does for you. It's like I, when you go through those difficult times as one of the partners in it, that I'm there for that partner. Even if I disagree, even if I, I'm not just going to take my stuff and leave. Yeah. You know, these days people leave very quickly. And it's just a little bit, you know, perseverance in it. And so that's what creates the incredible covenant friendship. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's been, I mean, it's the most, one of the most precious things in my life is the fact that there's somebody that knows me and they know me. They know my failures. They know my weak points. They know my sensitivities, my fears, my hopes, my dreams, my failures. And they, 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 you know, they love me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Nobody believes that. And they love me. They've stuck by me. So when I'm feeling at my most vulnerable, I've got somebody that I can go to that understands that. I don't have to be hiding that and feeling alone because <gasps> nobody must know this. Or perfect. Or, or perfect. perfect. You know, you don't have to Photoshop your marriage. I think that's the one so, thing yeah. is, you know, especially with people doing a lots of online uh, dating and friendships and, you know, reaching intimate levels on mm. uh, on uh, online platforms or WhatsApps or whatever. You know, when you're together as a person... You're vulnerable in such a way uh, that that is just actually amazing and that you sure. have to experience, yeah. yeah. All right, the next question is, um, is marriage the only place where you can truly understand the profound relationship that God has with his church? Um, I don't think so. I think the Bible uses different analogies to describe our relationship with God, like father, children, king, subjects, uh, you know, there's different analogies, shepherd, sheep. But 
What marriage definitely does is it does give us a view into a certain element of our relationship with God that probably other relations, other analogies won't. I think the intimacy thing, the because the intimacy we can experience is only a scratch in the surface of the intimacy that God has within the Trinity wow. and that he wants to have with us. So it's what makes me aware that, wow, there's more. And I think marriage does that, that, that whole beautiful picture of Christ and his bride, the the romance, the tenderness of that, I think is something unique that it reveals to us. So I certainly think there's something that we will not know about how, how God feels about us if we don't have marriage. But I don't think it's the only. I think, yeah. it, you know, that relationship yeah, is so... a person, you can quite, you know... Yeah, yeah because I, otherwise course, you yeah. can't know God if you're not married. No, no. And I don't think that's true. That's true, yeah. Because some people like Paul you know, believe God didn't want them to get married. And I don't think any of us will say Paul didn't know God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think just to, maybe just for those watching, that analogy is in Ephesians 5. Mm. Yeah. And I think Paul's using it to just describe the, the relationship that, like, you know, it's the intimacy between a husband and a wife mm. is the intimacy between God. But I don't think it's idealized. I think we must be very careful we don't reverse the yeah. analogy mm. yeah. from, you know, Christ and the church, husband and wife mm. to yeah. you can't know God. Yeah. Um, I, I might I might say this a bit later, but I, you know, singleness is not second best. No. no, singleness is if it's God's place for you, it's the best place for you, yeah. and you'll get to know God. I mean, if you yeah. think of someone like Mother Teresa, you mentioned mm. Paul, she knew God, yeah. she knew Jesus in a very intimate way. Yeah, yeah. but she was yeah. never married because yeah. she was a Catholic nun. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But singleness yeah, is also that undistracted mm. relationship with God. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about a husband or, or children or all of those things. It's that very exclusive relationship with God, which is, which is fabulous. So you have that for a time in your life. So don't, yeah. you know, don't uh, sell yourself short on that. It's yeah, great I, I think to have that. It's not to your question, but I think mm -hmm. we're uncovering something important that being single is not some waiting station that you're trying to just get over. Yeah. It's a time in your life. You know, it struck me. We were like, you know, you're so building up to when we got married. And so much is about it. And then after our marriage, I realized, man, this is for the rest of my life. Yeah. I only had a small window of time where I, I actually was, was preparing yeah. and yeah. being prepared. And so a friend of mine always, when we were studying Year of Your Life, he always said, I'm single-mindedly single. Yeah. Ooh, and I that thought mean? that was a good concept because mm. he wasn't saying, I'm single because I don't have somebody. He said, I'm single because that's the place I need to be. It's the time for And there's a space, yeah. there's an importance, yeah. there's a value to being single. Yeah. Because as we always say, two, in marriage, two halves don't make a whole. Two wholes make a whole. Ooh. And we'll never be completely whole when we get married. But I want to be the best, the happiest with myself. If I'm not happy with myself, she's not going to make me happy. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? If, I, if I'm not content with who God made me to be, She's not God's mechanism to make me feel happy about myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's unreasonable. And, and I think that's the point that Neil's making. Yeah. We idealize marriage. We think yeah. it's this fix-all. It's this place that you arrive and now everything is taken. It's and I think that's the problem. That, <laughs> that often yeah. happens. It's not. But something yeah. you can for sure learn in marriage is about self-sacrificial love. Yes. Yeah, which, which is probably a bit... I think you can learn it uh, when you're single. Yeah. But it's when that person's around you all the time, good times, bad times, mm. and you have to it's sacrifice yourself. It's in your face, yourself. man. Yeah. You can learn that probably a lot better. I mean, for 29 years now, I cannot get her to take a new toilet roll and put it on that little thing that you put it. She I'm just, creative. She I'm never creative. puts it on. 
And for 29 years, it's my self-sacrificial act that I put it on and I don't complain with it. But I'm making use of this opportunity. To be, to let, it <laughs> let it be noted. Let it be noted. So we kind of, can I do? Want to ask a question? I just wanted to because we kind of moved on to kind of one of the next questions yes, that people yeah. asked. Yeah. So we've touched on it, but one of the questions that the guys asked was that are there things you can learn about Jesus in marriage that you won't learn when you're single? So you know, was the self-sacrificial love? Um, but other things, Mamela, I don't know if you wanted to add to that. Yeah, yeah, because I think a huge problem is I think young people don't know how to wait. Oh, yeah. We haven't been taught how to wait. And yeah. in, in, the, in the instant culture that we have now, yes. followed by our newsfeed of so-and-so getting engaged and yeah, so-and-so, yeah, yeah. you're like, Lord, where is my partner? Yeah. And if, yes, I'm supposed to be waiting, what are you supposed to be teaching me? Because yeah. I feel like I'm not learning anything, anything at this <laughs> yeah. moment. And, and so I think if it's, that, that question that Neil asked is very important. Like, what are the things we can learn yeah. that you can only learn? Yeah. Well, I, I want to answer that from the process of, because again, I think if we set up marriage as, you know, there's, there's things in my life that are missing. And mm. when I get married, those things are going to be settled and they're going to be given to me. While that's true in some ways, it's also not true in many different ways. I can remember mm. like, you know, when I was at that age now thinking, okay, I'm going to get married and, and, and. And then I, you know, when I fell in love with Natasha and, and she became the one for me that I wanted to get married and wanted to and needed to pursue her. By the way, she didn't she didn't have the same conviction. She didn't want to get married. I never wanted to get stage. married. And, and I can remember the Lord speaking to me and saying, you have to fight for this relationship, but how you fight for it is on your knees in prayer. And what I recognized is that time of praying changed me to become a good husband for her more than anything else. So it's marriage only works because I'm prepared to give myself 100% to this. And then I trust God that she will give herself. I can't, so I can't fix her. I can't change her. That's not my responsibility. I can just be me. And I think that's the wonderful thing that you learn in a relationship where you're so vulnerable because so much doesn't depend on you. Mm -hmm. That's the danger of that relationship. And that's why I think so many people are scared of it. And want to live together rather than get married because then there's an easy way out where marriage is all in. And it's only God that could have this wisdom to say, you're going to promise this exclusivity and for all time to a person that in some way you don't know well enough to actually make those claims. Mm -hmm. But the reality is if you don't make those promises first, you don't have the context to actually allow you to get to know that person. And I think that for me is so when, when we're in a marriage, certainly what I've learned is the being in that position of being so vulnerable with another person that can at, at any moment harm you and hurt you. But if I'm not prepared to have that, I will not enjoy that level of intimacy. Yeah. You know, so I don't know what... You know, I think, you know, often you, you enter into marriage with walls, you know, you yeah. like... I want to see if it works. Because it's about yeah. me. I want to be. Yeah, because oh. you, you, you want to get married to fill my needs. But actually, Ooh. you get married to be that person to, that, to your partner, you know, to give, to self-sacrificially give. That's what Christ this, did, you know. He, that's why that analogy is in the Bible, is to Christ's self-sacrificial love for the church. Wow. That, you know, without that, we wouldn't have, 
you know, we wouldn't have been who we are as a church today, you know. So so that's the thing is in a marriage that is um, amazing and before the time is to think, I want to enter into this marriage, but God prepare my heart now so that I don't love with a hook, you know, sure. that I don't love to want to take all the time. Love with a hook, come on. <laughs> yeah. But that I... That I give, you know, that it's a gobe love. It's mm. not just the eros. And marriage has all of the loves in it, you know, that wow. incredible self-sacrificial love. That is what Christ is talking about, Christ and the church, you know, that agape love for one another, you know. So if you want to enter into marriage because of your needs, I am the center of my world, so... That means I will always stay the center or fight for my little island in the marriage. Oof. Do you understand? So you have to you have to love with a giving heart, with mm. a self-sacrificial heart, with a I wanna strengthen you and help you to be all you can be and grow in this marriage. Mm. And you do that to me, you know, that's a winning recipe. Yeah. But if I'm in it. And I want to take, you want to take, man, where's it going to end? It's going to tear so, apart. So actually, in some of the earlier episodes, you guys might remember, we spoke <clears throat> about, you know, not talk, allowing what we define love to be by Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. And so, exactly. you know, often when I talk to young people as they're preparing for marriage, I'll say to them, what you must remember is you're going to learn to love the other yes. person. Yeah. Exactly. And because trust. you think you love them, yeah. then you step into marriage. And so you'll be talking about, can you, you know, can Jesus teach you things in marriage that maybe you're not single? Is how to learn to some, love somebody for the rest of your life. Yeah. I love my wife now different than when I loved her oh, yeah. 23 years ago yeah. uh, when we started because I've learned about her. I've, the vulnerability, the intimacy, mm. those things are all there. But you learn to love yeah. because you're in and you can't get out. So yeah. you have to figure yeah. out how yeah. you're going to love the person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the, exactly. The yeah. So ultimately just... It's a series of deaths. You're dying exactly. to solve. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so there's actually a guy, uh, forget his name, he, uh, he, he talks about like living sacrificial lives and talks a lot in prayer. And he actually says, God lets you get married because he wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I always remember what Bob Mumford says. He says, um, marriage is often a love-aid relationship. He says, you don't go love a little bit Less love, a little bit lo less friendship. love and friendship. And then he says, you go, love, hate, love, hate. <laughs> then you make up and then you like, because one moment you want to kill this person, the other per the moment you like, I'm so in love with this person, how could I have ever? It's just this incredible, you know, mojo that is yeah. there. Because it's in all it. in, you know. Because it's, you are all in. There's wow. no escaping it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of all in, the next question really ties in with that. Um, and so let's. Put an analogy, you see a girl, hey man, or a guy, this person is it, this is your rib, you're going, you're going, you're going for it, you pursue, and then there's that awkward moment. The whole church is side-eyeing you, your family is side-eyeing you, you kind of feel it, um, she's posting pictures of her friends being engaged, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, I'm not saying anything, but I'm highly suggesting something. When? Does a person, when is, when is the right, are you ever ready? Do you, do you know when you are ready or when you're not ready for marriage? <laughs> when, is, when is someone ever ready for marriage? Because I know for me as a, as a young adult, black guy, 
the thing that at the back of my mind is a massive low ball. I'm going to sit down in front of uncles and part with money yeah. that yeah. that yeah. I really don't want to partner with. I mean, come on, yeah. let's be real now. I don't want to be paying a whole lot of low ball. Marry a white girl, man. You know? Marry yeah. a white girl. It's, it's incredible, you know. It's 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 crazy. So, and and even at that, when you have the money, it's like, am I capable? Yeah. Do I have the ability to do this? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can think for myself, I can I can buy myself a pair of sneakers. But if I'm thinking for a family now, do, yeah. how do I know whether I'm at the right age to yeah. do this? Because well, I think in that sense, you'll never be ready. Mm. Because you, you're signing up for something you have very little frame of reference for. Wow. I think part of your frame of reference comes from your own parents. And that could be good or bad. But even if it's a good union it doesn't it it doesn't really answer your questions mm -hmm. if you know what i mean so in that sense it's hard to prepare yourself for that which you don't quite know that's why it's a step of faith mm. marriage is always a step of marriage faith. is a step of faith yeah. it's got to be a step of faith but in another sense there's a lot you can do to prepare for it mm. what you can do to prepare for it is to make sure that you are the person you're supposed to be in god that you love god that you allow him to work in your life, that you are doing what you need to do in that sense. So in that sense, your preparation for marriage is by focusing on yourself and being the person God wants you to be, mm -hmm. obeying him, living your life. You understand? And, and, and not letting your desire to be married become so your distraction that you're missing out on what God should be doing in your life. Say that again, Pastor. <laughs> Say that again. You know, where you're so focused on this, you know, I need to get married. That, mm. And it almost becomes a thing that defines you. Sure. But that's unfair. I mean, it's so unfair for me to say I'm defined by her. Mm. There's only one person that can define me outside of myself, and that's God. Because sure. he has the, the ability to do that. He has the strength. It's unfair to put that on her. Sure. So I prepare for marriage by, I mean, good relationships. Good relationships with a person yeah. of the opposite sex while I'm not married to them, is a good preparation for... It does get complex. It does get, get complex. But exactly. <laughs> yeah. But then I've got to understand it for what it is and not try and make a, a friendship outside of a marriage before I'm getting married. Make that a marriage relationship. Oh. You don't, pre you don't prepare for marriage by simulating marriage. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you hearing what I'm hearing? <laughs> That's yeah. the world's wisdom. The world's wisdom says, you know, how can you how can you know that you're gonna you know ha be happy with your wife or your husband if you haven't tried with with other girls? Wow. You're going against the very definition of a marriage by mm. doing that. You know, it's the old analogy of you don't buy a car without taking it for a test drive. Now, I always want to say, well, if you think you're a car, then go ahead and let people take you for a test drive. But you're not a car. Mm. God made you unique, special in the image of Christ. Mm. There's something beautiful about you. There's something precious. Which, in God's wisdom, can only be discovered in a marriage. Sure. So, you're breaking down who you are by simulating married life. Wow. With somebody else. You know, um, um, often as teenagers at school that I've seen as well, is um, you in, in that very vulnerable high school life that you live. You learn 
to be friends. You know, you, it's something that you, that you learn. It, you don't just pitch there at school and you have a whole bunch of friends and you know what to do. Mm -hmm. You learn in your friendships maturity of relationship and you develop. You learn to get to know yourself a bit better. You learn how to engage with other people and you, you, you mature a little bit. If you start, especially at teenage level, with heavy, heavy intimate relationships already, it's... You don't have the maturity to mm. handle the breakup. Oof. You know what I'm saying? You Come don't have somebody. the maturity. That's why we go for extreme ways of handling breakups in teenage and in schools. So it's you have this time as a teenager to, to be friends, to prepare in how do I mature in relationships. Mm. So that when I am a little bit older, I have learned some skills. I've learned some social development, you know, yeah. um, through socialization. I've seen children that don't socialize, um, how they struggle with relationships. Because then you take that one person and that person becomes your everything. And it becomes like that. You become like a monster that swallows that person. So the more you learn before marriage to visit in a, in a group, to be friendship mm. in a group, the safer it is for you to learn and to mature in how does this whole relationship thing work before you actually go into more serious relationships. Wow. Mm. Wow, that's so good. And I think it's really important to just, for, the, for those listening and watching, because sometimes we engage in sexual things very early. Yeah. Yes. And the problems we encounter are not congruent to the maturity that we have. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. and, and sometimes, you do not yeah. have, as, as a 13, even as a 16-year-old, the maturity that a 21st-year uh, or 23rd-year-old person will have. So you are going to, just because of age, I'm not even talking about life experience, just because of age, you handle things a little bit better at this age than you do at this But age. I think also the other element of it is, is that intimacy is a prize at the end of a process. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right now we have the Olympic Games. That gold medal, you cannot buy it. Mm. If you buy it, it has little value. It is a prize because you worked so hard for like it. The it's yeah. the prize at the end of a process. If you want to skip the process, and just have the prize, the prize doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And so what is our temptation is we want the intim intimacy now, but I don't want the process. Wow. So the devil, the Hollywood, sells us on the lie that you can have the prize, but you don't have to do the process. Sure. So I have sex before marriage, and I get a Why? taste of the Why prize. Why just even insinuate that intimacy? Because you can have an intimate relationship with a girl on WhatsApp without yeah. sex. You know? Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know what I we're talking that. about. Yeah. You I mean, know. It's yeah. a real added pressure for you younger people now. Is without the challenge of the risk of the face-to-face, -face, you build these extremely mm. vulnerable Romantic relationships that, that feels real, but they're not yeah. really real, are they? Mm. And, and so we want the prize, and then the devil tells us, you can have the prize. Skip all this yeah. hard work and just go for the prize. Mm. The problem is, you don't get the prize. Yeah. You get something that's the imitation of the prize. And what we see, for instance, what pornography does with people, is it gives them the taste of the prize, 
but it consistently devalues the prize. So when you actually get to the place where you now can have the prize, you don't know what the prize is anymore. We don't know what the prize is anymore. And then yeah. it becomes this pursuit that you, because you, you've been so broken and, Especially and if that fragmented, other partner, you know. That, if you know. that other partner doesn't handle, you, because you're going all in, Mm. And that other person is like, oh, today you're the guy, but tomorrow it might yeah, be yeah. somebody else. Then you can't handle that rejection. And Oof. you walk with that rejection into the next relationship, if you could even handle it. Because you just, you just don't have the emotional capacity, growth in yourself as a person, to be able to handle that disappointment. So to come back to your question, therefore, me honoring my singleness before I get married and being pure is the greatest preparation you can do yeah. for your marriage. Wow. Yeah. Because then you're not bringing all this baggage into it. We were so fortunate that when we got married, we never had to have a conversation where, listen, I had sex with this person because we both got married as virgins. Mm. So we didn't bring that into our relation. We still had other challenges and problems and stuff, you know, yeah. I'm not, you know, whatever. But that was a preparation for marriage. Wow. You are you know, it's like that Olympic swimmer, every day they have to swim their kilometers in an empty room with nobody watching, and it's hard, but one day they get that prize. Wow. And, and so I think that's the preparation. So yes, it's always going to be a step of faith. You're never going to be perfect and say, I've got this. It's a fearful moment, man, when you make that yeah. decision, and, and it has to be. So you can prepare, but you but never really prepare. <laughs> you said it earlier. You need to be as whole as you can, yeah. but you can't be perfect. No. Yeah. Position yourself the yeah. best way yeah. you can. Yeah. You can. You can break down on your future marriage now, or you can build your future marriage now. Please say that again. <laughs> you can break down on your future marriage now. By the things you do now, positions you better or worse mm. to be a spouse. It's just simple. Yeah. We all know that. So let's say for, for someone who's watching now, man, I have slept around. I have been, yeah. hey, listen. It's Player. Like, yeah. They've got the baggage right here. It's, it's, yeah. You take that baggage with yeah. you into a relationship. Is it, is it possible to turn around 108 and be oh, like, yeah. you oh, know what, course. be whole, or is it, is it over? No. no. That's the amazing thing about who our God is. He's the creator and he's the recreator. There's nothing in creation that can get lost that God cannot restore because he created it in the first place. Mm -hmm. So when he made Marvu, he knew who he made. He made her beautiful. He made her with his plans and purposes. If for any reason, and we all do, we deviate from that plan. When we allow God, he can bring us back to that. Come on. So, so I can never become a virgin again if I've lost my virginity. But I can be restored to a place of purity. Ooh. By repentance. Repentance is recognizing that my lifestyle, my behavior is not right with God. And I agree with him that it's not right. Not because somebody else puts pressure on me, the church, my family, or, or because I'm in trouble. But because I am convinced that this is not right. It's not God's way. So that conviction then brings about a, a repentance where I say, now I'm going to live the other way. And I have to get serious about that and make a covenant commitment with God. 
He's the center of my life. And even if I fail, you know, because it's, if you've slept around, you don't switch that switch off. No, mm. not so quickly. The problem is, you know, if you've held a girl's hand once, that's the hill you've conquered. Mm. Now you want the next thing. Yeah. So if you've gone, as they say in vernacular, to fourth base, and you've gone all the way, you have to really work hard to get to the place where you actually want to start at the beginning with somebody. Normally, you start where you ended off. Yeah. And that's a restoration of body, soul, and spirit that needs to take place. And that takes a, there's a process, and we can talk about that if you want to, but, but it's possible. Wow. Yeah, but it, you have to... You have to do the work. You have, you to, have to do, do the, the work. work. Yeah. And, and be committed. Yeah. Okay, the next question is, um, is it good to have accountability partners in a marriage? And also, what does accountability look like in a marriage? Okay. I think it's a... It, it's you don't yes. want too many voices. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yes there. and a no. Wanna... Let, me, let me say this. I think it's good, to, and, and Natasha can say how she feels. I think it's good to have accountability partners because you are, you're going to hit some blind spots. And you want people that are older than you that have gone down the road a bit further to go. That's normal. Because sometimes, you know, like, that's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful. Look, we all go through that. We're not going crazy. Because yeah, sometimes yeah. you think you're the only one. You're the only one. And actually someone help. goes, yeah. oh, no, don't worry about it. So that. if that's the role that the accountability partner plays, you know, that we can talk through. Yeah. It, so we certainly had people in our lives that have been really helpful to just give us perspective. The problem is if you make accountability partners and they are actually more invested in your marriage than what you are. They tell you what to do. You all give the time. them authority to tell you what to do, mm. then it becomes a problem. Yeah. Nobody has authority in our marriage other than the two of us. Yes. That's God's design. You have to build, you have to learn to trust. You don't get married and the next day you trust. You know, you learn to trust. And that means you make mistakes and you gotta figure it out together. Yeah. And you gotta learn to to know who God is. You knew who God is with you. But now who is God with both of us? You know what I'm yeah. saying? How do we relate to him with both of us? You know? And so you got to learn certain things. And if you constantly bring in other voices that will tell you what to do, you're never going to learn to become one. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? You're always going to be these two people in the marriage with a third party, yeah. actually. Mm -hmm. And if that people, those people go out, then you're just going to put somebody else in there. But at the end of the day, you got to take the bull by the horns and you got to fight it through and you got to figure it out and you got to pray about it, wrestle with God. So he's the best yeah. accountability partner that you can have. But it is helpful to have other people to, to talk with. Yeah. But I also don't want to know that Louis telling all my intimate things to someone else. I was going to say, you know, that scares me. That's not going to work. Yeah. You know we, what I'm we're saying? on the other side. We're often the people that people will come to when they've got challenges in their marriage. Yeah. Then sometimes what hurts me is I feel like I'm more invested in their marriage than what they are. I'm fighting for them. They come and see me or us and they say, listen, we've got a problem in our marriage. You must fix it. Oh, yeah. I can't fix somebody else's marriage. So, so in that sense, that's a challenge. But if you ask me about accountability partners, I'm a younger person and even I'm starting a relationship. It's getting serious before I'm married. Absolutely. I think accountability partners are really good in that space. Again, they mustn't own your relationship. I don't even give myself the right to tell one of my sons who they must marry. No. 
It's not the job of anybody else to tell you. I tell God. That's your choice. <laughs> That's your choice. And an accountability partner must understand the limits to their authority. Ooh, but it so is good. very helpful. But again, I can't hold you accountable. You must make yourself accountable. Hmm. Do you understand the difference? Because you will only be accountable as to the level that you are prepared to be honest and open. So good. So what's the, you can tick the box, I've got an accountability partner, but you don't actually tell them what's going on. Something that's helped me and Tia a lot in this area is we have an agreement. If we get stuck, yeah. then we'll go talk to other yeah. people. Because yeah. sometimes you just get stuck and it's, yeah. I think this and you think that, or yeah. we have this perspective, or you always, or I always, there's always those yeah. fantastic extreme languages that we tend to yeah, sometimes yeah. use in language. To then go to somebody else and say, look, we're, we're talking around this issue, but we're not getting it solved. Yeah. And, and I mean, one of the first times you did that, they told us, no, but that's normal. Yeah. yeah. And then we can go, oh, okay. Yeah. And then we could move on. Yeah. So our agreement is if we ever get stuck, we, yeah. but then we do it together. Yeah, yeah. together. And I really mean, stuck. I mean, I'm not yeah. talking because I'm not a type of person that wants to pull in other people into my marriage all the time. So what know? do we mean by really stuck? So, so if you can't move past it, yeah. You, yeah. You, 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 you keep coming against this issue. Uh, I think we should do this. You think we should do that. It could be as simple as the decision making. Obviously, on not like yeah. what groceries you're going to buy, yeah. like you know yeah. what, what you're going to yeah. do. Are you having children or not, or something? Yeah. yeah. Then you, you can tell us this. Or... or you just every time you keep coming to this place where, well, I think you're like this, and, and I need you to change, and I think you're like that, and I need you yeah. to change, mm. and one of us has to adjust. Yeah. I think one when we get to, to the change. place where you yeah. say we can't talk about this anymore, yeah. okay. it's always a fight. It's always yeah. a fight. So either we're going to forget this and not talk about it ever again. And lose intimacy. And then yeah. you begin to lose intimacy, oh, you boy. understand. Mm. So when you get to that point, it's, I'm not saying it's the only time, but then you definitely need to be able to bring other people in. And again, it's so helpful that you have built relationships with other people so that you're not calling a stranger from the cold necessarily now to come yeah. in and have to. Some situations it's helpful that you go to a professional outside person, but so much can just be because there's people that know you that understand you and they can just give you that little perspective that you own and say, ah, I now understand that somebody translates for me what she's been trying to tell me all the yeah, time, exactly but I right. couldn't hear. Yeah, I mean, for what the way that I handle this, this is a dangerous way, but um, you know, the scripture, it says the sun doesn't go down. Over Don't let the sun go down. <laughs> you know, if the yeah. sun didn't go down, we wouldn't have been sitting there. Sometimes it's just good to say. The, the sun yeah. must go, go down. down. <laughs> So I've seen you know, some things you just don't solve it to a clock in the morning. Just go to sleep. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. So especially if you're tired about it. So I look at it as walking around the mountain. You know when you study a difficult thing, yeah. you study it and you the first time you read that book, you're like, I've no idea what is this. But you, the more you read it, the more you get used to it, and the more you start getting the lingo. You. Mm -hmm. So I like to walk around the mountain once, and then we go back. Then we we did our fight. You know, I pray this prayer, Lord, <laughs> defend. Louis case in me. I pray that, I say, Ooh. because I am completely, I'm completely convinced of my position. And you've got to really man up to fight with me. Now yeah. I'm not giving in quickly. So, <laughs> so then I say, Lord, because at the end of the day, it's about this relationship. Mm. You know, God, I, if I have conflict, yeah, I'm going to struggle, yeah. yeah. So God, I'm coming to you. Come and defend Louis case. How? And then often I have to go and I have to go say, I'm sorry. I didn't the way I fought with you. I'm not giving up my values yet. 
Yes. Not to abbreviate, I want to walk through it, but we fought so much. There was so much emotion involved that we couldn't talk sense. So, so, so I'm sorry for the way I did it. I, I often say mm. it that. But can we now maybe have another discussion? And then we have another discussion. Sometimes that ends up heated as well. But we've progressed. Wow. You know, until, so the rules of engagement the is often of something to learn. Then just to give up quickly and say, I'm going to go to a third party, you know. So walk that road a little bit. But then if you see, but there is no ways that we can get through it. And both people agree on it to go for for counselling. That's great. Otherwise, if I am the only one going for counselling, then I'm talking for on my behalf. Does not help I bad mouth my husband all the time. I'm talking for my, I'm then accountable that if I, because the opposite spirit works, mm. so if, keep me then accountable that I am able to work with this man, you know. Wow, that was just, hey, listen, that was a lot, guys. I think we need so much to process. Listen, we've got the big dogs in. We've got Pastor Louis and Pastor Natasha, and they're dropping some bombs today. And we don't, we don't, we don't want to squash it all. So we're going to continue next week. Um, stay tuned follow our Instagram and, and our podcast we'll be back with you next week <laughs>